Romans chapter 8, and we're going to start reading in verse 5. Amen. Before I read, uh, this is a, this message I have for you is a, is a personal message. And it's a message that, that changed me. Because when I came back from South Africa, I had a whole different mindset of the way I thought things were supposed to be, how I was supposed to be, how I was supposed to act, what I was supposed to do. And when it was, didn't happen, I, I, I started to shrink back. I started to, to contemplate giving up. I started to contemplate not throwing in the towel, but just settling for sitting in the back. You know what I mean? And, and, and something happened into me, and I began to, to ask God, you know, what's going on with me? And um, he told me that um, I had to change my mindset. My mindset. My mindset had got off track. And so that's the title of my message is Reset Our Mindset. Amen. Reset Our Mindset. And, in, and the scripture here says, To those who live according to the sinful nature, have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those who live accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of God in you, he does not belong to Christ. Father, I come before you this evening thanking you, Lord. Thanking you first and foremost for my salvation. Thanking you, Lord, for everything that you've done in my life and everything that you're going to do in my life. I thank you, Lord, for continuing to always have your hand on my life. I thank you, Lord, for always being with me and my wife, for entrusting us, Father, with, with your vision, with the call. And I thank you, Father, for the men and the women, for my pastors that you put in my life. And I thank you for everything that has ever happened. I, I thank you for reuniting me with my families. I, I thank you for, for my health, good and bad, Father, because I know everything that you do serves a purpose for my life. So, Father, I pray tonight that you would have your way. Use me, Father, as I step to the side and allow you to speak through me, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Amen. The word, the word mind, the word mind, think oh they already left i was going to have them sing <clears throat> the word mind refers to a disposition or attitude it is a way of thinking about god in life amen some would call this a paradigm or a worldview perspective amen it involves more than the ability to think or to form thoughts it has to do with the way you see god the way you see truth, the way you see others, and the way you see yourself. Amen? It is a collection of all our, pre, of all our assumptions that guide the way you think and choose to live. Amen? I believe we can, we can evaluate our mind 
set our mindset based on how we think about various situations in life. When we face decisions about what we will believe or what we will do, here are some telling questions we need to ask ourselves that come right out of Romans and will come out of Romans 8 verses 5 to 8. The first one is ask when something comes along you ask yourself is this what God would want me this what God wants in my life. When things start to come into my life that's what changed me is because I had to ask myself is this what God wants me to do? God, is this what you saved me? Is this why you brought me out of darkness? Is this why you picked me up out of the pits of hell to just give up and to sit in the back row and just to come to church and just to be a normal congregant? Is this why you saved me? And I had to ask God, God, is this what you want for my life? Amen. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves those questions and we have to be honest. And I'm here to tell you that it's not easy. It's not easy doing what God wants us to do. It's not easy saying no to this and yes to this. Amen. Next we have to ask, is this consistent with life and peace? Is this consistent with the life and peace that God wants to have in our lives? Is this what God wants me to do? Is this how my life is? Is, is what I'm going to do, is this going to bring me life? And it's going to bring peace. Peace, not that, that everything's going to be all right, but that I'm going to be content. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a little bit of a cold. Amen. But, and so I know that sometimes I made this, we make decisions based on feelings. We make decisions based on our mindset. And our mindsets and our things have to do with, with where we came from. Wait, let me stop there. Let me keep going because I'll, I'll get ahead of myself. Okay. <clears throat> so peace in life. And peace has to do with am I, am, am I content? Am I in the will of God? Am I doing what God wants me to do? And I came to the conclusion that, that, that because God didn't want me to sit in the back. God didn't save me to sit in the back. And yes, I understand that, that things got a little difficult and, and maybe I made some decisions that I shouldn't have made or maybe I did some things that I shouldn't have did. But God says, okay, I forgive you, son, but get back in the game. <clears throat> Next, ask, does this bring honor to God or reflect hostility to God? Is what I'm doing, is, is what I was doing when I had to ask myself, man, I, I can't go forward anymore because it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. Maybe I blew it. Maybe I shouldn't have left Cape Town. Maybe I shouldn't have went here. Or maybe I shouldn't have left Hayward. Maybe I shouldn't have left and went and lived with my father-in-law. Maybe I shouldn't have gave in to this or gave in to that. And I had to begin to reflect is this going to bring honor to God? And God began to tell me and God began to show me. It's not a matter of what you're at and what you're doing. It's because I've called you and no matter where you're at, you're going to fulfill your call as long as you continue to believe in me. As long as you continue to worship me. As long as you continue to follow me. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> Number four. Ask who is control here? The Holy Spirit of me. Amen. 
Who is in control? Sometimes we want to say we're the Holy Spirit is in control, but do we give actually the Holy Spirit control? Do we give him access to all parts of our lives? You understand? And I had to give the Holy Spirit access to every part of my decision making, every part of everything that I was doing. I had to look past of what made me feel good and look past into what God wanted. Amen? And I began to realize that, that everything we do as followers of Christ has nothing to do with us. It has to do with God. Amen? Because I began to forget that I belong to a kingdom. Huh. I'm part of a kingdom. Now, before I used to be part of a gang. Amen. Before I used to be part of a different kingdom. The kingdom of darkness. And that kingdom of darkness had rules. And that kingdom of darkness had way of living. And I, and I followed that way of living to the best of my ability. I was a good soldier in the kingdom of darkness. I did those things. But now I switched over into the kingdom of light. So I had to come to the conclusion. I had to say, which one am I going to follow? Because I can't do both. Amen. I've never been one to play both sides of the fence. I'm either on this side or that side. And so then I come to this side, to the kingdom of light, and I belong to the kingdom of God. And when the king says jump, all I got to do is say how high. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> you see, I believe the Holy Spirit will help us discern our mindset and give us courage to change the things we must with his help. You see, there's things in our lives that we must change. They just got to change, whether we want to or not. And the Holy Spirit is going to give us that power. The Holy Spirit is going to give us that courage. Because it's going to take courage to change. It's going to take courage to change. I'm, I'm going to be a little transparent here today. You know what I mean? In a lot of decisions that I made, they were... They were personal. There was conflict between me and, 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 and my wife. And, and, and she wanted to go this way. And I wanted to go this way. But God says, I want you to go that way. So I had to make a decision. Which way am I going to go? Am I going to please my wife? Because that means if I make her mad, I might have to sleep on the couch. And I, <laughs> and I just moved up to Sacramento and we ain't got no furniture. And it gets cold up there. And we ain't got no blankets. There's a lot of spiders around. But, but I made the decision, and, I, and, and it was hard to say, no, no, no. I'm going to follow this. I'm going to do this. Was it scary? Yes. But I think that's one of the hardest things that we, 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 we think that sometimes because of the backgrounds that we come from and the people that we used to be, that we don't want to admit that sometimes we're a little scared. Sometimes it's a, it's a little scary to go down that road. Sometimes it's a, a little scary to open up that door because we don't know what's on the other side. We don't, we don't know what's ahead of us. But God says, let me be the lamp unto your feet. Let me guide you and take you where I want you to go. 
Let me have control. Let me have access to the, to the, to the addicts of your mind. Let me have your heart. And it was hard. But I did it. You see, David was known as a man, was known as a man after God's own heart. David said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. I said, that's, that's like saying, God, come on in. And you got access to everything. You see, we serve a gentleman of a God. God's not going to come in and take anything from you that you don't want to give him. But when you invite him and say, come in, David said, come in and look at me. I'm open. Whatever you want to come in and rearrange. If you want to put the couch over here, if you want to do this, I'm open to it. And that's where I came. Was I, I said, God, you got to just move me. You got to take this out or add this in. I don't care what you got to do, but just make it happen. Because I can't continue to feel like I'm, I'm standing on the fence. I can't continue to feel like I'm disappointing you. I can't continue like, like I want to give up. You see, in order to get an accurate view of our mindset, we need to know and remember that the Spirit searches all things. The Holy Spirit searches all things. He knows everything there is to know about us. There's nothing that I can hide from him. There's nothing that you can hide from him. But the key is, what are you going to give him surrender to? What are you going to give him access to? Amen? What are you going to give him access to? And I had to begin to come back and I had to begin to reflect. I had to begin to come back and say, man, I remember when I surrendered everything that I had. I remember when I gave up everything that I had. I remember when we got blessed with this and we got that, but we gave it all up to go to the other side of the world. You understand? I gave it all up. My mama was sick and all these different things were happening in my life, but I said, that's okay, God. If this is where you want me to go, I'm going to go. I surrender. We surrender. You see, we surrender. In verse 9, it says, you, have over, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if you and everyone does not have the Spirit of, God, of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ lives in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. You see, we surrender our minds to God, our mindsets to God, when we come to Christ. But if we allow, but if we allow some or all our decisions to be self-based, where does that, where does the Holy Spirit live, fit into our lives? You see, you have to, if we're going to surrender this thing, we got to give it all up. We got to let him all have his, all his way. You see, I don't think we would have ever made it for six years in another country where we didn't understand a lot of times 
the language. I don't think we would have been able to have made it over there. It was living right next to a, to, to a Muslim place where they were speaking in some kind of weird language five times a day. I don't think we would have been made it if we had not surrendered everything we had unto God. If we had not allowed the Holy Spirit to guide us and to take us and we submitted to everything that we had. But then when I came back, when I came back, that's when the battle began. Because then I began to take back. I began to say, God, I, I, I got this now. I can do this. I don't need, I just, I'll handle this. I did it over there. I can do it over here. But I wasn't what God wanted me to do. It wasn't was God, and I, and I didn't allow the Holy Spirit to have the full access to my life. I didn't allow the Holy Spirit to come in and guide me and lead me and train me and develop me and to do what I was supposed to do. Thus, my mindset got weird. Amen? My mindset got weird. Now let's talk about the mindset for a moment. The mindset, we all have different mindsets. We come from a world full of different mindsets. Mindsets of our attitudes. Some of us are raised with different mindsets. I remember being raised all the time of making the sign of the cross. I remember going in and I would go to rob somebody and I would make the sign of the cross before I went to go rob them. Thinking that, hey, it's going to be okay. I remember growing up thinking that, that eventually, as I got older, that I might as well just stay bad because I'm going to go to hell anyway because my family, my grandmother was always telling me, if you keep living like this, you're going to go to hell. So I already had it in my mind. My mindset was already set a different way. So that's the way I began to live. And we come in with all these different mindsets. We come into the church with all these different ways of thinking, and we forget and so when it comes time to surrendering to God, we forget what God has done for us. We forget where he's pulled us from. We forget how he's transformed us. We forget that when we had nothing, when I had nothing and I didn't know where to go or where to turn, that he was there and he picked me up. I forget that in that day when, when they were supposed to send me to prison for the rest of my life, he was there and said, no, 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 no. I have a different plan for your life. I have a different destiny for you. Your plan is not to go spend the rest of your life in prison. I'm going to send you to the other side of the world, and then I'm going to bring you back. But I need you to surrender your life unto me. You see, and sometimes, sometimes I think I lost track of that. I lost track of the fact that I was called, that I was chosen. Amen. Now, the Bible says that many are called and few are chosen. Now, we're all called, but a chosen person, a chosen person walks a little different. A chosen person talks a little different. A chosen person thinks a little different. You know what I mean? And, and I began to, to put that, that, that I came out of the chosen side and began to squawk over here to the called side. I'm just going to come to church from now on. I'm not going to get involved. 
I'm coming to church. I'm going to do okay. But God says, that's not what I chose you for. That's not what I picked you for. That's not what I saved you for. That's not what I made you. That's not why I hooked you up with this white woman that you're not supposed to be hooked up with. That's not why I brought you and saved you. That's not why I did all these things for you. That's not why I sent you to the other side of the world. That's not why I gave you what I gave you. That's not what I put into what I put into you because I'm not done with you yet. Don't worry about how old you are. Don't worry about you because the doctor say you're sick. Just continue to surrender to me. Just continue to believe in me. Just continue to walk with me. Amen. And that's what we got to do. We got to surrender unto God. And right now this is a hard time. This is a hard time of year. It's Christmas time. Jingle bells. All these different things. What's that one? We adore him. Oh, come all ye faithful, faithful and adore him. Adore him. I tried to find adore him in the Bible. I think I found it a couple times. <coughs> but it basically means to worship him, to love him, to honor him. And nowhere in there can I find where... I still haven't found the, nothing personal. Fat white man with a beard. Okay, I still haven't found her. In the reindeers, still haven't found her. But, but what I have found is that, 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 that this is a time that we need to adore the king of kings. This is a time where it's not about getting the presents. And they're nice. I, I, I get you, don't get me wrong. I'm... I'm I know what I'm getting for Christmas, and I'm happy for it, okay? <laughs> I'm grateful for it, but that's not what this is about. And I think sometimes more and more and more we see that, that because we're taking our eyes off of, of what this is really about, it's really about worshiping and honoring and adoring God with all our hearts and with all our minds and with all our souls, that we, that we, we, we lose track of why this season is here. Because we're here to adore him, to worship him, and to love him. And to be grateful for what he's done for us in our lives. Amen? Because I know that we look out and we think about many of you. I don't know about you, but when I think about my life, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I know that there's nothing, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing that I can do to repay God for what he's done for me in my life. Because I know that, that I shouldn't be standing here. I, I should be standing here because my father said I should. But the world says I shouldn't. And so because of that, I can't allow myself to not do it. And sometimes we try to do things on our own. We try to make things happen. And I read this story about a man. That I read a... a out of a book, it's by Bruce Larson. It's Believing and Belonging. He tells a story about how he, he helped struggling people who struggle with surrendering. Amen, they have, a, they have a, there's a struggle surrendering. I had a problem, I don't know about you, but I had a problem surrendering. Even though I was sitting in, in a jailhouse, facing a, a lot of time, I had a problem with surrendering. I had to contemplate, I had to, 
weigh my options. I don't know. You know what I mean? I, it, took, it took a time. It wasn't like I was, okay, yeah, I'll surrender. Let me go. It was something I had to think about. So surrendering for me, I don't know what you, wasn't easy. Amen? Because like I said, I'm the type of person that, that if I say I'm going to do something, then I'm going to do it. There's no turning back. There's no turning back. And I, and, and I know people say you should never say never, but I'll tell you never. I'm not turning back. Yes, my heart has got there. Like I told you, I thought about giving up, but I've never given up. I've never took my back and walked away from him. I came to church. I sat in the pews. I might have been mad at him, but I never walked away from him. But anyway, in this story, he talks about how he counseled people in his office who were wrestling with the option of giving up. So he says that when they would come into his office, he would tell them, he would say, come with me. And he was in New York, and he would take them to Fifth Avenue. And he would take them to the RCA building. And there at the RCA building, as you go into it, I've never been there, but there's a, I guess there's a big statue of Atlas there in front of the RCA building. And on, the, on his back, he's there holding up the world, straining. Oh, excuse me, straining. Sorry about that. Still working on that there. Straining. Straining to hold the world up. Now, this is a, Atlas was a buffed man. He's kind of like me, you know, had muscles, all that and everything, you know what I mean? And he was straining to hold the world up. And so that's one way of looking at, looking at it. Oh, I got one. Thank you. Oh. Uh, and so that's one way of looking at it, that, that you, could either, you could either surrender or try to carry this whole world upon your shoulders. And that's what many, many people try to do. They try to say that they surrender, but they carry all their problems and all their hurts and all their stresses and all their things upon their words, upon their shoulders, like Atlas. And then, so he says, okay, okay, that's one way. So then he would take them across the street to the St. Patrick's Cathedral. And there behind... And there behind the, the, the altar, the altar, a little, a little shrine boy of Jesus, perhaps eight or nine, was there. And he was standing there, holding the whole world in his hand, in one hand. And so he would tell the people that he has no more to save because the two illustrations showed the people which way they should turn. You could either do it like Atlas or you could follow Jesus who holds everything in his hands. Amen. And that's we have a choice. We can carry all our worries, all our hurts, all our pains, all our struggles, all our things. Or we can just give them all to Jesus. And that's where I'm at right now. That's where me and my wife are at right now. We, we, we've struggled. We've, we've given it. But now we've come to the point again where we were once before many years ago. And we say, okay, I got to surrender. I got to surrender. I got to give it up. God, I'm sorry. I blew it. Forgive me. Like David, come in and search me. I messed up. But I know that you love me. And I know that you've called me. And I know that you have a purpose for me. Now, I may not see the purpose in it, but here I am. And so I'm there and I'm giving myself and, and we're doing what we're supposed to do. Why? Because I've surrendered. 
I've surrendered everything that I have. I've surrendered my whole life into doing what I'm doing. It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm doing it. I'm doing things now that, that I probably still would have done if I came here or if I would have went there, but it doesn't matter. All I know is that I've surrendered my life once again to Jesus, 100%. And in surrendering my life, I had to, to redirect my mindset. Colossians 3.1, when I wrote this message, I wrote it in the, in the NIV uh, translation. But I like what the New King James says. It says, if then, if then, you were raised with Christ, seek the things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above and not on the earth. For you die and your life is hidden in Christ. It's hidden in Christ, in God. Amen? So what he's saying is that with me, I had to come to a point where I had to reset my mind. You see, I came to realize and somehow or another, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. Now I know I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm, I used to be a missionary. I went across the world. I did all those things. But most of all, I'm a human being. And I forgot. I forgot. I forgot that Christ raised me from the dead. I forgot that I was once dead in my sin, in my muck, and in my mind. I forgot that my life was going nowhere. I forgot that I had no purpose, that I had no hope, that I had no destiny. I have forgot. I have forgot what I was. And somehow or another, God began to remind me. He began to remind me. He says that if then... If then, that if, 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 if I've been raised from the dead, then I'm a new creation. And the old is gone. And how could I forget that? How could I forget what Christ died? He went up on the cross and he, he was born and he came and he, he gave, he came for one reason only, and to die for me. You see, I began to make this thing personal. This is a personal thing for me now. I don't know about you, but it's personal now. God died for me. I know he died for us all, but he died for me. For me. And because he died for me, I know that now my purpose, it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Yes, I, I was there in South Africa doing whatever that I was doing. I came back here, and, and, and I thought I was supposed to do this, but God had another plan. God had another plan. And I had to shift my mind, and I had to shift my way of thinking, and I had to shift everything that I was. And how did I do that? Because I had to stop conforming to the ways of this world. I had to stop conforming. You see, lately I've been struggling. I've been struggling. I've been feeling useless. Mm. You ever felt useless? 
Yeah, I mean, that was before you were saved, maybe. But you have been saved and felt useless. I've been saved and I got saved. I, I was contemplating the other day. I was like, man, you know, I, I did this, I did that, I did all these things. Now here I am and I can't even find a job. <laughs> I can't even find a job. So I began to contemplate, God, is, am I supposed to work? Am I supposed to work? Maybe, I ain't supposed, maybe you don't want me to work. I don't know. But I began to feel like, man, and so God began to show me, hey, don't worry about it. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but continue to allow me to transform your mind and renew your mind and to take the things that are inside of you that I've put inside of you and built you and trained you and developed you. It don't matter how old you are. It don't matter if you limp a little bit. It don't matter if you breathe a little bit harder. It don't matter about none of that. I still got you. I'm still your God. I'm still in control of all things. I'm the one that makes everything happen. What I say goes and don't, no one can change it. So if I say you're going to do this or I say you're going to go there, then it's going to happen. You see, but sometimes I begin, I begin, like I said, I begin to forget that. I begin to forget. I begin to forget God's perfect will for my life. I begin to forget. I thought that maybe when I went to Cape Town, that, that, that the call that he gave me, the promise that he gave me, that I was going to be a part of something great, that I was going to be a part of something big, that I was going to be a, a part of something that no one had ever done before. I thought that was Cape Town, but no, that was just preparation for where he's going to take me. That was just preparation for what he was going to do with me. I just need you to trust me. I just need you to walk with me. I just need you to surrender with me. I need you to just shift your mindset and know that I still got you in my hands. Can I get an amen? Amen. And lastly, we need to stay encouraged. We need to stay encouraged. And the only way to stay encouraged is to continue to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And right now, there's a lot of voices going through my head. A lot of voices. My kids, my first only granddaughter, you know what I mean? Christmas is coming. I don't know if I got any money to go buy a present. I don't know if I got this. I don't know if I got that. But God said, don't worry about that. Listen to me. Listen to my voice. And right now it's hard to listen to God's voice because all this. I tripped when they were talking about nutcrackers. And they were saying, bring a nutcracker. You know what I was thinking about? I know some of you guys probably don't know. You're a little younger. But when I was growing up, when I used to go to my grandma's house, she used to have a bowl of nuts in the middle of her table. And she had this big silver thing, looked like a crunch thing, and you used to crack the nuts. And then she had a little poke thing that you could pick the nuts out. And that's what I thought, nutcrackers. And I was wondering, why do they want a bunch of nutcrackers? You know what I mean? But then Pablo told me, no, it was that, that doll. I was like, okay. You can see I'm not that versed in, and I don't know where. 
I didn't even know of a nutcracker, but that's what I thought nutcrackers were. And I remember, the only reason I remember is because my cousin used to always poke me with that thing. Ah. You know, my, ah. But anyway, that's what I thought nutcrackers were. But let me get back. Anyway, so we have to listen to God's voice. And in closing, as the piano player comes, there's a, there's a story that I read in a book, a book by Max Lucardo. And the book is called All the Way With You. You see, there was three knights. There was three knights that had been chosen to marry the king's daughter. Now the king's daughter, they had been challenged. They had to go through this dangerous, deadly forest. And there was the preachers, there was creatures in this forest of Hamlock called the have-nots. The hope-nots, excuse me. And these creatures had yellow, slimy eyes. And, and they, were, they weren't strong, but they were very clever and crafty. Amen? The first night to make it through the forest would marry the princess's daughter. Now the king's son began to tell the knights, this is what you got to do in order to make this happen. You got to go into this forest of Hamlock and deal with these hope knots. But what you have to do, the most important thing you have to do is you have to pick a companion to go with you. Now while you're in this forest, these guys, these, these knights are wondering like, man, okay, how are we going to get? Because we heard of this forest and people go in there and they never come back. So he says, how are you going to get back? Is the king is going to play a song. And you're going to listen to my song. He's going to play it three times a day. And as you hear that song, you're going to follow it back to the kingdom. Amen. And so the son says the most important thing is who you pick to be your companion. So they said, okay, so they go and they their companions. And the, the son also said, pull the ivory flute out of his pocket and he began to play this song. And he says, only two people can play this song exactly the same. And that's me and my father. So they left. And after countless days and countless songs of being played and going on, the watchman seeing two men came out of the forest struggling, staggering. And he sent them over there to get them. And he told the one, he told the, the, the servants to wrap the one and the princes in, in prince clothes and take him away, but don't tell anybody because he wanted to announce it at the game banquet. So after everything had went and they all had came through, there was three men and they were all waiting there at the banquet to figure out who was it? Who was it that had made it through the forest? Many thought it would be called, it would be Carlisle, the strongest. Others felt it would be Alon, the swiftest. But it was neither. The knight who survived the journey was Cassidon, the wisest. When the king asked about his journey, Cassidon replied, the hope knots were crafty and swift. They attacked, but, they fought, but we fought back. But what nearly destroyed us through something 
far worse is they intimidated, they imitated your flute. Each time your, your song of your flute would enter the forest, hundreds and thousands would begin to play all around and we heard music songs from every direction. The king asked the question that everybody wanted to ask, then how, how were you able to distinguish my song? How were you able to get here? And the knight said it was my companion. It was my companion. And he called out his companion and it was the prince the king's son and the knight said the reason why what it was is I chose him because I knew that if no one else he could play that song so every day that we would walk he would play the song for me and I began to get it in my spirit I began to get it in my soul I began to memorize it I began to know every note exactly like he played it there was no way for anybody to come in and imitate that song. I had it in me. It was my life. So when all the other songs played, it, 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 your song stood out because it was inside of me. It was a part of me. Amen. And the people grasped as they heard this. So you see, the traveler called the king's son and he chose him because just like God, the son of God came down to save our souls and he left us the Holy Spirit to guide us and to direct us. But sometimes there's all kinds of voices that come in and try to misdirect us and try to guide us and try to do us. The Bible says that the devil disguises himself as an angel of light. In other words, he comes in and he tries to imitate God. He tries, he tries to make people think we have this mindset that, that the devil is spooky and ugly. But the devil is a deceiver. And I've deceived a lot of people in my time. And I've never been able to deceive someone who was scared. If they're scared, they ain't coming out. <laughs> they ain't coming out. No. <laughs> you up to no good. And so you see, that's where we're at this time of year. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to come in. And we have to get his voice. And the only way we're going to do that is that we got to spend time with him. We got to talk to him. We got to listen to him. We got to know who he is. The Bible says that my sheep will know, will know my voice. We got to know his voice so when he calls us. And we got to know that when he calls us, we got to be obedient. And we got to follow him. We got to follow him. This is not my plan. This was, my plan was never to go to the other side of the world. My plan was never to to be a missionary. My plan was to go over there to Hayward, somewhere in South Hayward and, and rent a little apartment and have a Bible study. My plan was never to be a pastor. But God had a different plan for my life. And it was there in that home where God spoke to me. 
It was there in that home where God put that call upon my life and God told me, I got a plan for you, boy. I got something for you. I'm going to send you. I'm going to use you. I'm going to do great things with you, but you got to stay connected to me. You got to stay with me. And that's where we're at today. Because our world is going to hell. It's worse, it's worse, it's worse. It's like, man, people don't even care no more. And we're the ones. And it's time for us to reset our minds. Stop worrying about the things of the world. Stop worrying about all this. And keep our eyes focused on the prize. Keep our eyes focused. Listen. Listen to the Holy Spirit as he guides us and directs us. And when we start slipping away, hit that reset button. Let him come back and reset your mind. Just reset your mind. When you're there in the home and you're thinking about leaving, think about where you were before you got here. Think about what you were before you got here. Press that reset button and get on your knees and thank God and say, God, here I am. When you're there at home and, you, and your bills can't meet and you don't got nothing in your refrigerator and you want to give up. Remember, God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll always come through for you. Always come through for you. God has never left me. God has never let me down. In all my years, he's never let me down. Even when I thought I couldn't make it, somehow, some way, he used somebody. He used somebody to pull me through. He used somebody. So today I'm here to tell you, check your mindset, especially now this time of year. The enemy don't care that we don't we don't never smoke another joint stick another needle in our arm he don't care just don't do what I called you to do that's all he wants you to do he wants you just to sit in the back seat he wants you just to be norm he wants you to be norm he wants you to be norm sister Josie told me long time ago and I never and I never forget it she said normal normal being normal is the worst of the best and the best of the worst that's normal hey not have been on no post office walls but there are people that know me and they remember me because my word was my bond my word has always been my bond if I say I'm going to do it I'm going to do it but still and yet he came for me he came for me and once again God didn't let me down
So if you're here tonight, 